Hey everybody, welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. I don't know if we mentioned the weather in the last episode. How dare we? Not. We did not mention the weather, and it is a very nice 77 right now. It's going to be 90 by the end of the week. How about you? It's 48 Fahrenheit or 9 degrees Celsius. It's sunny, so, but a little overcast. So again, instead of having, what, 10 degrees difference, now we have, I don't math well, so whatever 20, that difference. 20-something? Yeah. You said it was 72, right? So 77. Okay, so 27 or 29 degrees Fahrenheit Yeah, difference? so what, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, listeners will probably pick up on this, like, if you're keeping track of our weather, um... It was only, yeah, it was like five or six degrees difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, so perspective, you're in British Columbia and I'm in Florida. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting with us that we're mostly very... Um, but we're both wild. coastal. Well, we're both coastal, but also like in Vancouver, it's very, very cold. Coastal. Mm-hmm. Hmm? It's very mild here usually. And like... For us, like nine, ten degrees is usually what it averages out to most of the year. So this is pretty average for us. Not okay. too cold, not too hot either. Just right in the middle. Right, like porridge. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know what else is? Well, you know what's not right is <laughs> Tristan in this episode, episode eighteen of Gilmore Girls, called the third <laughs> Lorelai. But also, too, we just get some more Tristan. And you know what? You either hate Tristan at this point or you don't mind him. I don't know if anyone loves Tristan. Like, I would love to meet someone who's like, Tristan's great. Love his character. Because I just can't see it. But maybe somebody does really like Tristan. I would really be interested in hearing from people that think he's great. Yeah. Why? What about Tristan do you like so much? Right. Um, but uh, this is this is not the central point of the episode. The big one is that uh, we get the third Lorelai, which is Richard's mother, which a name that I thought didn't make sense naming somebody Lorelai if it was somebody Lauren Graham's age really doesn't make sense when you find out that grandmother is named Lorelai because Lorelai sounds like a fairly recent name. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of takes for some reason that kind of changes how I view the episode. It's like, well, Lorelai for someone that's, I, I, I guess. So Marion Ross, for those of you who don't know, if you're Kurt's age, um, was in happy days. She played Mrs. Cunningham. So if you ever see that, you know, in syndication, that's her. So she's been really famous for a while. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so she, I guess in this episode, she must be in her eighties. Yeah, well, she would have probably been closer to her 70s because uh, she's 92 now. And the show is 20 years old. So, yeah, she would have been like 72, maybe 73. Okay. The weird thing is, is there's a lot of weirdness when it comes to this character. A lot of plot holes. Um, Because the actress who plays her shows up not playing her, but playing like a different character altogether later on in the show but then also too yeah (laughs) okay like she shows up as like a character at a party 
And it's the same actress, Marion Ross, but she plays a totally different character. Do you recognize her? I mean, was she... Is her hair white? No, her hair is, like, colored in it. But uh, then we also have the other weird thing about this in that in the first episode, they refer to uh, the third Lorelai or Trix, I think they call her. They refer to her in the pa- in the past sense as if she's passed away, and in this she's like still alive. So, just I think Emily wish she would pass away. <laughs> no, it was like Richard's like oh she like I rewatched it too and like Richard says something like she was a great woman, as if she like she's passed away, and then she shows up in this like totally fine. So, oh, I want, interesting. I would have loved to see him where they were like. So why did you say she, like she was a great woman? Like, right? But yeah, I um, yeah, she basically comes and she finds out that uh, Lorelai is borrowing money from uh, Richard and Emily for the schooling, and uh, decides, you know what, I'm gonna just get rid of this and basically give you the money to uh, pay for Laura or for Rory's school and then some. Uh, and this puts a little bit of a strife between Emily and Lorelai because obviously Emily is very much content with the idea that, you know, Lorelai owes her something and that she's borrowed that money. But Trix, as she's known, kind of says, no, you know what? Like, nobody should be in debt. And, like, seems very anti-debt, which is like, eh, like, mm-hmm. everyone has to take out a line of credit. Well, actually not having to be in debt, probably. Yeah. It's probably like an age thing too, but it just felt weird. It was just like, so you're telling me like you bought a house without credit or something like, eh. but I, I mean, some people were able to, yeah. yeah. I'm mean, just like fewer people can now, but um... yeah. But um, yeah, it, uh, it generally, you know, this was a, an episode where, yeah, you basically get a little bit of the confrontation there between uh, mm-hmm. Lorelai and, um, Emily, but uh, Rory throughout this episode doesn't know that she's getting that money, which I thought was interesting. So, and the way that Lorelai handles it too is interesting because at the end she just says, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're about to get what was it, twenty four million dollars? Did I did I overestimate that? I think I overestimated. I, I think it was like in the hundreds of thousands. I don't know. Okay. Oh yeah, I was like two hundred seventy five thousand, not not twenty five million. <laughs> I mean, it was still not nothing to scoff at, but yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> It's just more for the big money, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just—it's it, like almost like Lorelai's like, yeah, you know, this is how how we roll. You know, it was just very kind of like, you know, I think for most people, it'd be like, what just happened? But Lorelai's like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this because I think that family has so many unstable things that happen. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, and she makes reference to, oh yeah, it's a Gilmore thing, you know, that you promise this thing and then it goes away. Yeah. And did you get the impression that the grandmother? never really intended to give the money and she was just looking for a way to to take it away because i mean there are people like that i think especially like narcissists but oh you mean like emily um or the, the what's her name trixie what did yeah. they call her Trix. Calling her the tricks yeah but, i mean it's interesting they call her tricks because she pulled one she right pulled so, yeah yeah so do you think that she never intended to give them the money and she was just doing it just so she had something to take away because narcissists do that? No, I actually thought Trix was mm-hmm. a very good character. I thought she was just know. doing her best to sort of give 
Rory and, and I think in her mind, the rest of the family is sort of like a stress-free way for Rory to go to school and not have to worry about the financial side of it. So, uh, so you think it was done really with a, out of the kindness of her heart, and then yeah. then she saw the two of them, Big Emily and Rory, arguing, and, and honestly, just see, I kind of wonder again, working with people that have narcissists in their family, I kind of wondered if it was the setup, so it was just something to take away, just to annoy Emily, but. I don't think it was. I think she genuinely meant to help them out. Um, mm. But yeah, obviously, you know, throughout this episode, there's not a whole bunch that goes on. But yeah, you do see sort of Emily kind of spiral out of control. Uh, she doesn't take this well. and um, Because she's concerned that Lorelai won't come over for dinner anymore. Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird. It's like, why don't you just ask her to come over for dinner? Like, but I also see how Emily and Richard's relationship works because she starts kind of, so Emily starts kind of spiraling yeah. and getting panic and Richard just calmly sits around and goes, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. That simple kind of asking her what, what's up with you, <laughs> but, but in a loving way, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it really explains that he's kind of the voice of reading the reason, the stability and probably I'm th- I think for, for him, She's kind of the life of the party and gets him to go out and do stuff. Yeah. So they kind of this nice complimentary thing going. Yeah. I thought it was really sweet that he just sat down with her and just kind of non-judgmentally said, um, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and, you know, obviously Richard cares for everybody, but, like, you know, I think he also recognizes that at the same time, too, uh, Emily's the one that needs the most attention. Uh, because yeah, she can spiral out of control. So, and then you see Emily trying to please someone, which we haven't seen yet. So she's trying to get back all the gifts and put back everything in the house that the grandmother's ever given them. So it's kind of interesting to see Emily in that reverse role where she's trying to please someone instead of being the person to be pleased. Yeah, and it's interesting that like you know, like for her, tricks is her Emily in a lot of ways, like somebody that she has strife with, but also somebody that she you know, maybe has a bit of an adversarial relationship, but, mm-hmm. or antagonistic, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. You get to see Emily be the Lorelai for once. So I, I thought it was right. cool. I don't think, I didn't see where Emily realized that. Yeah. I don't think she sees it either. I think, she, you know, yeah. she's a little too self-absorbed to maybe see it. Mm. Or, or kind of in denial that she's like that too. Right. Yeah. She's a narcissist. She doesn't see it because, you know, they're egocentric. They think everyone else has a problem. They don't. Yeah. but yeah, And then she's Richard's relationship with her, which seems... So uh, the impression I got is that, you know, because he's calling his mom by a name that does not sound like mom, my impression was he might have been raised by nannies and had um, limited contact with mom or it wasn't in a nurturing way. Because the yeah. way he interacts with her is, is much more formal. Yeah, it did seem a little more like, well, well, almost, it's kind of interesting when you think about it, because um, in a way, like, Lorelai, uh, in the way that, like, Lorelai is very much, I don't know, like, I just saw some parallels there between, like, how, sorry? She does, Lorelai does hands-on parenting. Yeah, like, at all, to the it, point where she's a little bit too much. Like, the the friendship dy- like the 
they're almost best friends between Lorelai and Rory. It almost seemed like you get a little bit of that with Trix and Richard. Where, like, maybe not to that to the same degree that, like, Lorelai and Rory are. Yeah. But, like, you, I saw some parallels there in terms of, like, how they saw each other. And it was almost like, like, you could tell that Richard just thought the world of Trix. So... Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. There's a lot of parallels here between the different generations. So, like almost unrealistically so. Yeah. Saw her. For sure. Um, and we to like like how many siblings Richard had, or we, they never talk about that, do they? Or we haven't heard anything about that. No, I don't think they talk about that much on the show. I got the impression that he was an only child, and I'm not sure how I got that impression, but I, I mean, it seems. Like- yeah, like they had they had more of a friendship. Yeah, I definitely got that impression too. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And, and you do see that in families. You see patterns. Like I do genograms of families, which means you you look at uh, how people got along in previous generations and your generation, and sometimes you see patterns um, yeah. where you know father child father child you know from generation to generation have the same like conflictual or distant relationship and. Things happen on the same date in certain families, and mm-hmm. yes, genograms. Anybody wants to kind of do the amateur genogram with their family? Uh, amateur yeah. meaning like doing it, not amateur like reading how you're doing it. Um, but it's interesting to see how things kind of repeat themselves. Yeah, which and we see on the. Show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I will say too, like the relationship between uh, Richard and uh, Trix, like it's something that sort of ruminates throughout the rest of the show because there's obviously some conflict there between Emily and Richard and uh, Trix. And uh, we we see a little bit more of that throughout the show. So So I I really wonder where Trix got her name from. No, I think probably just like, you know, I don't know. Maybe just like a name a friend gave her, gave her or something. But uh, yeah. Um. Okay, and uh, there is the other subplot in this episode, which is the whole Tristan, Rory thing, or well, also Paris too. Which I uh, was just ugh. A, it was nice. It was really nice that Rory tried to set up Tristan with Paris. I think she meant well. But it's also Tristan too, and it didn't go. It didn't go well. Um, uh, see, and I feel like we've given him a fair shot, and and we still don't like him. <laughs> no, we've given him plenty of fair shots, and he, no. <laughs> but you know what? Like I, don't, I, I don't overly, you know, I don't think we're being overly rude about him. I think it's just he's really unlikable. He is really unlikable. Like, and like even in this, like. Okay, the thing that get, gets me the most, and I know I complain a lot about Tristan, but what gets me the most is he kisses her and then says, we should just be friends. Like, yeah. Like, why would you kiss somebody if you didn't want to be? Uh, also, but sh- okay, so here's the other thing is that she says this to him in front of what, three of his friends when they're the only ones in the entire classroom. Yeah. Because I don't think Paris has that social subtlety down yet. No. And, and she's, and he's like, oh yeah, well, I know you called me five times or whatever, but I'm like, well, why don't you return her call for the first time? Yeah. Five times is a little overboard, but also did he just like, you know, not answer at all. Um, and then, then the other thing is you know, in front of his friends, 
how does that change the interaction too? Yeah. It just seemed like he was, he was going out of his way to embarrass her too. Like, even Uh. though like he didn't like, even though he mentioned like being friends with her in a way that seemed like mildly polite, it did just still come across as rude. So, right. It says polite as Tristan gets, I guess, but, uh, yeah, now and you know, I think she realize or Rory realizes that uh, at the end of the day, Tristan's really just into her. Um, but do you think she realized that? Because I, I didn't. I wasn't sure she realized that, or she just went, "Huh, that's weird." I think there was just a glimmer of recognition. Yeah, I think that's all it is. I think she just, you know, she tried her best, but now I think she realizes a hundred percent that like Tristan's not gonna give Paris any attention. Like he's just there for her. Um, and I, I don't know. I it wasn't. It was very subtle, but I just picked on these like little nuanced takes from Rory that she seemed to really kind of realize that yeah, you know, this was basically how it is for them. So, um, but yeah, she meant well. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, she did. And just it's, it's not her fault that Tristan is to be the way he is. <laughs> it's Tristan, but it's also Paris too. Like her calling five times, like that. Yeah. That is a Paris move, right? Like. So. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too surprised. I think Paris is also used to getting what she wants. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. I think it's time to talk about favorite performance in this episode. Did you have a favorite? I I really like Richard just trying to mediate between mom and wife. Mm-hmm. And how, how, how gently he just says to Emily, you know, what's going on or whatever his... I, I think he... He did that really well where you're you're on one hand you're going, Wow, you're acting kinda of crazy. But on the other hand, you you this is your partner, so you also want to be gentle with them. And I think he his performance was kind of walked that fine line. Okay. What do you think? Um this is gonna be very controversial because I hate Tristan, but I thought uh Chad Michael Murray did a great job in this episode. Um I Which think- part I think he just gave Tristan a little bit more nuance, particularly in like the first half. Uh, even when he, you know, in the end when he's mean to Paris, like it's not nice, but it's a good performance at least that he was able to pull that off. I mean, no, you're it, right. It, it was more dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he did a good job of fleshing out Tristan enough, but obviously it's still Tristan. He's still a jerk, but we got a little bit more to him this episode. Um, your least favorite performance. I think, oh, I hate saying this, but I think the grandmother, there were times where it seemed on the mark and other times where it seemed like a caricature. And that's, that's a hard, I feel bad saying that. No, Um, actually, I wrote down the same thing. Oh, really? It became like, a performance of a performance, kind of. It felt a little too cliche. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they are working with a trope too, right? I mean, they're working with the rich grandmother trope, so you. I mean, there's a fine line, right? Also, too, like this is a character who. I think she did the best she could with the material she was given. I will yeah. say that. I was. I don't think it was the actress. No, and I mean, also too, like this is not a character that you know spoilers really like shows up too much throughout the show, so. You know, whereas to these other characters who we've had for like an entire season almost thus far, you know, this was 
pretty new for tricks. Like this was her, you know, we got a lot of character for her in a short time period, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's had she maybe had the amount of episodes that Emily and Richard have. Yeah. You could probably flesh her out, but for this, it just felt a little too on the nose. It felt like watching a character from the first episode almost where you're just like, Oh, you have no mm-hmm. dimension really. Now I will say some narcissists do kind of act like caricatures. So yeah. that might not be too far off. Um, but I think we also should address the fact that Richard kind of married his mother. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, There's a lot of similarities between Emily and Trix, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah, he pacifies both of them. Like he placates both of them. Yeah. But at what cost to himself? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, any favorite reference or quote from this episode? Hmm? She said that um, uh, Lorelai said, I'm going to go out to dinner and go out to lunch with the Gaslight cast. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, wonder, I was wondering if you were, if you had like a little reaction to that. Cause... Oh, yeah, I love that because you know, it, that refers to, there's the 1938, I believe, play um, Gaslight, and then there's the 1942 movie uh, with Ingrid Bergman. Um, and in that movie, the husband's trying to drive the wife crazy. So he does stuff like turn down the gas lights and, and says, no, they haven't dimmed. That's just you. You're crazy. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> A lot of people watch it because I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But so basically interpretation, Lorelai's saying like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm hanging out with these people that who knows what the actual truth is and what's up with them. Yeah. But she turns out to be right because the grandmother cuts off the trust fund. Yeah. Because of something that the, because of something that Emily did, mm-hmm. so something Emily did, she punishes Rory. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think my my favorite uh, Emily has some real good zingers in this episode, but uh, my favorite was I don't care if she thinks I'm the whore of Babylon. <laughs> I thought that was great. That's great. Emily said that? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. That was Emily. Yeah, that was Emily. So <laughs> I I had a good laugh at that. I thought that was good. Um Yeah. That, there's like there's these moments where like Emily's just done with people. She's just lets it all out. It always makes for great Emily moments, and that was one of them for sure. Right. Um where she doesn't even care at the house if Trix hears her. She just doesn't care anymore. Like she's reached a breaking point. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then favorite quote. I did like when Rory and Paris were in their little project and Rory says, good. Then it's a good time to talk about our overtaxed peasant. <laughs> and Paris is in a great mood. And she says, Oh, let them eat cake. Right. Yeah. Which, which supposedly Antoinette said, but she didn't actually say that, but. But historically yeah. attributed to her. I think it was like, yeah, similar to that, but not like a hundred percent, but still, I, I liked that. I thought it was a good little, little line. I mean, yeah, a bit of a reference, but I think it was such an obscure reference. I doubt most people picked up on it. So how is that obscure? Like, I thought everybody knew that. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. The let them, you didn't know me cake thing. Yeah, I didn't know the the meat cake thing. I, I didn't realize. I just thought that was her just being like nice. What was it going? Oh, oh, you like you thought she meant like literally. 
Yeah. So it's like, ah, uh, yeah. okay. Sorry, I wasn't making fun of you. I just didn't. That's okay. No, it's okay. I literally. But you can just erase from your mind because it never was said anyway. So. No, I, I literally just thought I was like, oh, that's a really cool line. But it's interesting that it's a reference. I just didn't re realize that it was. So yeah, I recommend um, uh, Sofia Coppola's movie um, with Kirsten Dunst. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was Is it called Antoinette or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's very fictionalized, but it is that whole thing where Marie Antoinette's like, "What? I never said that." Oh, funny. Yeah, like that's ridiculous that I would say that. Like that was something that was like basically it was propaganda against them. So, anyways, I'm I'm getting too much. I'm gonna start getting the historical part. Of it. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so that actually has a historical background to it. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes trivia. I think the only one that I could think of was that yeah they've already mentioned uh, tricks in the past, but that she had passed away. So. I thought it was kind of like a weird little canonical slip that it was like, oh, there she is. She's not dead after all. She's back. Yeah. Now, um, and when again? I mean, I totally believe you. I'm just trying to remember. It was in this. It was in the previous episode, right? No, it was in the pilot episode, the first episode, where they talk about tricks as if she's passed away, and yeah, nobody, make, nobody <laughs> seems to correct Richard or. I just like, realized. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved if Emily were like, well, technically Trix is still alive. We just don't talk about her or something. Like, something. But you well, can almost... Press that, yeah. It was almost like uh, just a slip up almost. So. Right. Anyways. Um, Me let's see. Uh, Do they... Trix or just the grandmother? Oh, oh they, they say something about how she's named after a grandmother. But they refer to her like she's dead. Yeah. Yeah, like they yeah. Say, like R Richard says, "Oh, your your grandma or your great grandma or whatever tricks. She was a great woman," but he refers to her in the past tense as if she's passed away. It's like maybe no. no longer a great woman, but apparently in that episode he thinks she's great. Yeah, no, he does. He also has some blinders on too about his mom's behavior. So yeah, he clearly is infatuated with his mom, which is cute. Um, he good, yeah. Wanting to please her, yeah. Um, We're trying other? to too, and not and you know, mm. trying to walk that fine line between the two of them. Yeah, which how many years he's had to do that? Yeah, you think he's like a seasoned vet at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you noticed the picture. Um, I don't know if we've seen this before. The picture on the mantle behind them, where it looks like Lorelai when she's I don't know ten or eleven. Yeah. Richard and Emily. I thought that was sweet. Because I don't think we've ever seen that before. Uh, I want to say we have, but mm. that I've also seen the show before. So it's entirely oh, okay. possible we haven't. And I just, you know, <clears throat> at least not yet. But, um, okay. Uh, I think it's time to rate this episode. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. Mainly because mm -hmm. I liked Emily's manic meltdown throughout it. Mm -hmm. It was great to see Emily lose her cool. Um, and to be put in the position that she's put other people in. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and also at the same time, too, you get a little bit of that manic uh, meltdown 
through Paris as well. So, so there was a bunch of meltdowns this episode, but I thought it was entertaining at the very least. So yeah, what and then oh, go ahead. I think I give the, so the the different subsections of it. The whole thing with the grandma, mm-hmm. just the whole dynamic of the grandmother giving something and taking it away, and just the, how the generations repeat themselves. I would probably give that a seven. Okay. Uh, the thing with with Tristan and Paris, and and you know you're right. Guy plays Tristan kind of add a little more dimension to it. So I'd actually give that an eight, which surprises me because when I watched it, I gave it like a five or six. But now that you're talking about how he made Tristan into less of a Disney villain, um, yeah, I give that part an eight. So okay. I'm really surprised I would give that interchange an eight and the rest of it a seven. Okay. But it was the grandmothers. I think the grand again, I don't think it's the actress. I think it was just the material she's given. She became a real trope. Like she became like very stereotypical rich grandma. Yeah. Um, and I could have done more with that. So I guess when you add those two parts together, seven point five. Okay. Perfect. I don't know why I just can't give you a number. That would make life so much simpler. <laughs> you know what? I think it's good that you break it down, though, because you oh, obviously, like, you know, it's good to recognize that maybe some parts of the story you preferred more than others. You know, I, you know, I, I'm never opposed to that, you know, because sometimes you got it's good to explain, right? Because otherwise people might go, well, maybe she, she just really liked the tricks part or something. So, mm hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Stuff's over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and Talking Brains is the podcast. And, uh, so you can, and I talk about Gaslight, the reference that Lorelei makes. I talk about that in, in chapter one of the book. There we go. About gaslight, you know, where the term gaslighting comes from. Mm. So now you know. Did you uh, make a proper citation for Gilmore Girls in that explanation? No, because I, did, I had not watched Gilmore Girls. I think now you you need to update the book and re-release it with this new adage. And then should I cite the the uh, podcast? Yeah, or you can just cite Emily. Emily, anything Emily does, you can be. Like, oh, like I borrowed a quote from Emily. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. I'll get right on that. <laughs> new new edition. You need to pay slightly more for the new edition. Due to commentary from Kurt, I've seen the light, and I need to have this new part. Due to, due to Gilmore Girls. I have right. Some, there's a lot of gaslighting going on in the show, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did not see Michelle or Sookie or um, Sookie's boyfriend. What's his name? Jackson. Thank you. You're keep welcome. thinking. Who's the guy that's the guy that runs the town? What's his name? Oh, Taylor. Taylor. Okay. So for some reason, I keep thinking that I get their names confused. But we didn't see them. Yeah. Sometimes she's the whole town. I think it's good though that like they take their time to like bring in each character and like different episodes, just so like every episode doesn't feel crammed, you know. And they, a lot of people in this town. Yeah, and they do bring people in. It's not like they forget about characters or anything. Well, I mean, they do, but not these characters. Yeah, sometimes they think the grandmother's dead, and they just bring her back. Then <laughs> like, nah, we write that she was dead. No, oh, just bring her back. No one's gonna notice. Oh Meanwhile, well. 20 years later, Kurt notices. So. <laughs> is it really 20 years old? I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. But it's pretty ageless. It's, because it's the same yeah. family stuff that happens over and over again. Hmm? Yeah, it 
it's a show that like I consistently. I mean, I'm glad that we're rewatching it for the podcast. I would have probably rewatched it anyways. <laughs> Put a little <laughs> bit of purpose behind it, but um, no, it's a, you know, it's a it's a show that still feels ageless. And uh, thing is, too, is you know we're gonna eventually the show's gonna age a little bit up as we watch it, so it'll probably feel a little well, more contemporary. Like the technology, right? Hmm? Yeah, like I think you know we're gonna get to a point where the show feels a little more modern. Like obviously, when we start the show, it's at its you know probably oldest. But I think they get around with like not put in too many references. Like for me, I noticed a lot of the music. Like I I go well, that's definitely a little like up there in years. But I think the what keeps it interesting for me is like you know growing up at that time, that music was music I listened to. So I'm like okay. You had your troubadour in this episode. Your favorite character. Yeah. Gotta love the troubadour. He's great. It's pretty timeless. You could put him in any episode now. You and could. It would kind of- yeah. He, he's just one of those characters. I, I, he, he, whenever he's in a scene, he just sort of enhances the scene. He's one of the few characters that I would say, you just put him in anywhere and you're instantly like, I like the scene. I like this little, little sound they got. So cool. Uh, well, until next time, everybody, we're going to talk about the Hi. next episode, which is Emily in Wonderland. So, oh, yeah, interesting. Very Emily centric episode. It's in the title. Oh, good. Bye for now, everybody. Bye.